sitting opposite me in the Mindfeed chair is a woman who took the scenic route on her way to becoming a television presenter. Anna Nolan, you're very welcome to Mindfeed. Anna, what are you up to at the moment? At the moment, I am producing a pilot uh, with Jennifer Maguire and Darren Kennedy. And uh, yeah, it's it's a one-off pilot that hopefully will go to series. So at the moment, I am out and about filming and wrecking and researching and producing and yeah, being extremely busy with that. Do you have to pinch yourself sometimes? Do, have I to pinch myself? Yeah. I don't have time to <laughs> I don't have time to pinch myself. But do you know what I'm doing at the moment? It was just I, I watched a show the other day on happiness that was on and they were doing this exercise to take note actually of what you're doing because sometimes I don't feel I I appreciate not myself but the fabulous things that I I get to do whether it's presenting the Bake Off or working uh, producing a pilot Um, so I've started to jot down what's 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 going on in my day yeah and I suppose to take note that oh that's a good thing or I'm working with two fabulous presenters or I ate loads of buns in April (laughs) (laughs) good thing and bad thing take me back because the the programme this week is all about career swerves and life swerves yes so back to the young Anna growing up and people said, what do you want to be, Anna? What did you answer? I was one of those people who didn't know what I wanted to be until I was in my mid-30s. So I went to a great school, Loretto College, Crumlin, but the options in the 80s were air hostess, banking and... Civil service. Civil service, yeah. So it's funny, we're working with young unemployed people at the moment. They and and they don't know what's out there. When you're young, you don't know the different options and the different careers that are out there. Yeah. There's the ones you might see on television. But say when I started working in television, I didn't realise, oh my gosh, there's editors or there's assistant producers or there's runners. I guess all over the country, like at this time of year, the exams have just finished. I can almost imagine the conversations, you know, talking about Johnny or Mary and what they're going to be. Yeah. And of course, they're having a conversation that um, probably you didn't have with your parents because you, speaking of, you know, career swerves, you started off as a nun. <laughs> I did start off as a nun. Um, I'd had a bit of work experience just before that, which was a lounge girl. So collecting glasses in the Bird Flanagan in Rialto and, you know, getting tips and as a result, learning, you know, to be charming and you make money from that. Then uh, I put all that money making behind me and went into a convent. And I suppose that was my first, uh, not job, but two and a half years focused on something that I I was really engaged with. And why did you do that? I I joined the convent because the women who, the nuns who ran my school really inspired me and I got on very well with them. And I felt I had a faith. I did have a faith back then. Um, now, my family wouldn't have had a huge faith and they were all very surprised when I did it. But my I, I was I was drawn to it. There there was that feeling of a calling. And I remember one day I decided to test myself to say if I really wanted to be in the convent, why don't I flick open the Bible on a page and see what words spring out. So I did that. It was just such a juvenile thing to do. And and the words on the top of the left hand page said, Come follow me and I thought, okay that's a sign I need to go into the convent. And did you believe in God at the time? I did. Okay, I say at the time because I know you've talked about being an atheist since. Yes. But, but I interviewed an extraordinary nun recently, her sister Patricia Wall, the flying nun people knew her as, but mm-hmm. she is an incredible woman. And 
I, being a nosy person, wanted to know what it felt like that first day when you go into a convent. I mean, what's it like? Very frightening. Yeah. As a young woman, what age yeah, were you? I was 18. So a little older than nuns previously would have gone in. It's very frightening because you're living in a community, so you're living with lots of other adults. You're, you're, you're learning... Why else is it frightening? You don't know what the future holds for you. Um, you have somebody who's called uh, a novice mistress or the first year is a, a postulant guidance person and they are there to steer you along. So you learn very quickly to rely on them. So it's very frightening and exciting all rolled into one because you also do uh, a course with other trainee nuns and priests from around Ireland. So you're meeting people who who feel similar to you. And that is great because you're, you actually feel very different from everybody else. It was a rarity that somebody was, uh, that I was joining a convent. And I suppose, what did you hope to be? A teacher, was it? Yes. Okay. I did. It was a, uh, yeah, a teaching order. So I, I hoped to teach or possibly do social work within the Loretta schools. And as, you know, the time was passing, were you conscious of the fact that you were beginning to question this or was it one big moment? There were the, my, there was my leaving moment, which I'll tell you about that in a second. But building up to that, there were two things that were happening. I was beginning not to buy it all. I was beginning not to buy oh, uh, faith, religion, God, the Trinity, uh, the Pope, uh, men and women in the church. I was just really beginning to questioning that but also what was happening was I was beginning to question my sexuality who I was um, so those things kind of came together in one night when I was a novice in the convent and I got extremely drunk with a friend of mine who was a fully fledged nun and um, I came stumbling into the novitiate beautiful Loretto Abbey in Rathfarnham was walking down the corridors and my novice mistress came out of her room and said meet me in my office tomorrow morning and I went yeah maybe you know, I was like a t- petulant teenager novice nun met her the following morning she said do you want me to throw you out of the convent? And again, I was, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe I do. And she said, no, you need to grow up and you need to make a decision whether you want to leave us or whether you want to stay here. So she, I said, I don't know what to do. And she said, well, take three days thinking you're staying. Take three days thinking you're going and go around your daily activity and it'll become really clear how your heart feels and what is the right decision to make. And it was a fascinating thing to do you know, spending time thinking you're making one decision and then spending time thinking you're making another While decision. While doing the same routine. While doing routine. the same, going, having your breakfast, doing your work. And it became naturally very clear that I should go. And were you dealing with, like you've just described, you were dealing with your sexuality at the time. So it was a life swerve as well as, yes. let's call it a career swerve. Yes, it was. And when I left, I thought I, I have to deal with this full on. And um, Which one came first? I think uh, I... No, actually, when I left, I spent time at home with my mother and um, who has constantly put us all up, her seven children, occasionally when we have these life swerves or career swerves. Uh, so I, I, I thought about it a lot and just spoke to people about it. And I was 21 thinking, uh, gosh, I'm alive for the first time and I'm attracted to not 
people, but I, 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 I'm sure of who I'm attracted to now. And I think I felt like what a 14 or 15 year old must feel when they fall in love for the first time. You felt like yourself. Absolutely. And a weight lifted. And it was was the best feeling. Okay, so you went home to mom and Mm -hmm. you talked about it and came to terms with it and felt like you were more yourself. Yes. Then what happened next? What was your next big decision? Okay, gosh. So I just, she said, you need to work enough of me looking after you. I went out. It was very tough. It was early 90s. So I was temping in banks. Fell madly in love with this woman. Had a great nine months she left me and broke my heart and I said, right, I'm leaving Dublin. I can never be in the same country as this person ever again. I'm such a drama queen. <laughs> and went to Edinburgh and started a new life there, working in a bank, first of all, then in a cafe and uh, a gay cafe. And I had a fabulous two and a half years in Edinburgh. It was my my come of, coming of age time. Were they wild times? Yeah, they were actually. You they, went, did all those non-years. Yeah. <laughs> I did what everybody was doing, 17, 18 or 19. So I worked in this cafe, gay cafe, fabulous, outgoing, fun people where you worked extremely hard and you partied extremely hard. Okay, did you give yourself a good talking to at the end of that? I did, did I had to leave Edinburgh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a terrible one for, not career swerves, career jumps from country to country. I was losing myself in Edinburgh. And I was losing myself to a fabulous social scene. And you can live in Edinburgh for very little money and have a wonderful cultural experience with the festival and theatre and the arts. But but it was swallowing me up. And um, it was also a time, it was the early 90s and HIV and AIDS. I was, I was not, I was aware that it was happening. So this... Uh, this party scene was was kind of swallowing everybody up, and um, I had to make a decision that uh, there were people around me becoming unwell. I was losing myself to drinking most nights, so I thought, okay, start now with with growing up. So I applied to, uh, I went to London, applied for university, and started university at the age of twenty six. And what did you study? I studied music technology. And because you wanted to be a digital music expert, or I, I would have uh, learned classical violin at the age of four. All my family would play uh, classical instruments, so I loved music. But I knew I wasn't good enough to be a composer or a performer. So I wanted to get into some area of music. And um, down in London, in London Guildhall University, they had this course that dealt with different elements of music. Whether it was actually a really bizarre course. One week you could be learning. Uh, music editing. Another week there was woodwork and you made a family of Renaissance recorders uh, and there'd be piano tuning. So it was lots of tiny, not tiny, lots of different elements to this course. So I became an expert at absolutely nothing. But you decided not to do it? I I did it and then I didn't... I didn't pursue it. I know, your producer is just shaking her head saying, where is this going? Speaking of the bazaar, let's just have a listen to this. Three, two, one. Anna, will you please leave the Big Brother house? Anna, will you please leave the Big Brother house? Anna, how on earth did that happen? Like, here you are, somebody who's a nun, went to Edinburgh, studied music technology, and suddenly you're in the final of Big Brother. Yeah. That happens because <laughs> I do crazy things throughout my life and I've got my music degree. I don't 
pursue it. I start working in a skateboarding company and I'm still lost. I'm still pretty lost in life. And I watch a documentary about this new reality show that happened in Holland and Channel 4 at the end of this documentary says would you know, if you'd like to apply for it. And I'm sitting at home having a couple of beers living in Camden Town thinking I have absolutely nothing to lose. And you didn't have anything to lose. You'd never been on television before. No, no. I'd never been on television. Nobody, uh, nobody really knew what the show was about. I certainly didn't. I remember the night before I went in, I was with a few pals in a pub saying, I'm doing this show. You might not, you might see me next week. You might not see me for nine weeks. And they all just looked at me and went, yeah, okay, whatever. And went back to their conversations. So nobody... But I kind of remember this massive following, the audience and people were dressed up as nuns and go on on. The whole Irish nation kind of got in behind you. And you're this kind of somebody nobody knew anything about until that moment. But you almost became instantly famous. Yeah, I think I was kind of plain and normal in a way and not as crazy as the other people. And, And then I think, I think the audience just liked... I don't know. Actually, I, I never know what to say. I don't know why no, I came No, I think second. the audience did like you enormously. I think you came across as a very genuine person. Yes. Uh, but you had all sorts of different shades to you that perhaps the others didn't have. Yeah. And it, it catapulted you into a different place. It did. It catapulted me into uh, a world that I love so much. Uh, television. And you never even knew you loved it until no, then? No, no. I loved watching it. I Isn't watched... life amazing? Life is incredible. <laughs> and I remember saying to the executive producer, Ruth Wrigley of um, of Big Brother, I said, I'm just so lucky. I said, I'm just so lucky. And she said, look, oh, I'm not going to remember this. Luck is a combination of making an effort and, and things coming together. So you applied for it. Yeah, you know, actually, like, it isn't. It isn't about luck, but it is amazing that look, all those parents out there, and I suppose the kids too, listening to your story. That sometimes we start off in life not even knowing what we want to do, and no. look where you've ended up. I only knew what I wanted to do at the age of thirty, coming out of of Big Brother, and, and you've had such a great roller coaster since then. I mean, you you not only did the afternoon show, you produced, you've directed. Yes, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so presenting wise, yes, I worked for the BBC for a couple of years, then came back to Ireland and worked as a reporter on Would You Believe, then presented the afternoon show, would have done a few other series. Then I moved behind camera and would have worked producing Operation Transformation and Room to Improve. I made a, directed a documentary uh, called Perfect Heart about a guy, John Healy, waiting for a heart transplant. Wonderful man. Um, wonderful man, who's doing great, I believe, at the moment. And is going to do something with Ray Darcy, I think, in a new in a new series. So he's a, <laughs> Hard to keep a good man down. I, uh, he's terrific. He's a terrific, terrific But on a which do you prefer, behind the camera or in front of it? I like both. I like both. So I, the in front of the camera, uh, I thought that was gone in the past, but I very luckily got a call about a show uh, where people bake buns. Oh, hang on a second. Let's have a listen to this. <laughs> Hello, bakers. We're going to start today with a technical challenge. This bake has its origins in Austria. Austria, of course, known for yodeling, splendid waltzes and the Von Trapp family. That family may not have baked, but they did bring us do, re, me. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> you have a bit of a natural comedic talent, if you don't mind me saying. I have a terrible comedic talent, but I, I, I'm very honest about it. And the, you know, the great Irish Bake Off is unashamedly over 
uh, punned, I suppose. <laughs> so so uh, the script writer will come up with fantastic lines that he says, is this too much? And I'd say, never enough, never enough. Pile it on. Now, before I leave you, I just want you to talk to me a little bit about life swerves versus mm. career swerves. Now, so I look at that path, like that wriggly path that yeah. you've just taken through your life. Yeah. How much of that was dictated by what was happening in your life mm. as opposed to what was happening in your head, maybe? Mm-hmm. I've pretty much always made decisions about what's going on in my heart or how I'm feeling. So my career swerves have been as a result of being unhappy or or desperately wanting more. I'm never making a move for the sake of getting higher up or making more money. I actually have never made a move about money apart from leaving the afternoon show where I left a lot of money behind. So I'm not driven by money. I'm driven about having a happier life and I'm willing to change careers, leave countries, leave, you know, lots of different things. I'm I'm not afraid of, of putting anything behind me. It's fulfilment. Yeah, it is. It really is fulfilment. So tell me, if you were to give advice, not to the young Anna, mm. because I think um, I can sort of know what you might say to the young Anna. What about people out there listening who listen to somebody like you with all of the different shades that you've had in your life? What yeah. advice would you give them when they're starting off? When they're starting off, I think don't try and work out too early or too young what you want to be or where you're going. And I think you're lucky if 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 you if you know what your five year goal is. Uh, so I like to talk to the person who doesn't know where they're going. It's okay. It will become clear. Be proactive in making something happen. Don't sit back and let you know try let it all happen around you. So be proactive. It's okay if it's not working out yet, and it will become clear. So, and I'm going to let you go because I know you're mad busy with the bake-off at the moment. And in fact, actually, after the break, we're going to have the pitch of the week from one of your contestants, Alex Fitzpatrick. Alex is one of the most fascinating people I have ever met. He's truly, truly a wonderful, talented guy. And actually, unlike you, I suppose, he knows exactly what he wants to be. He does. He's the opposite <laughs> to me. That's why he's fabulous. Have a great day the rest of Sunday. I hope you cook up a wonderful lunch, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, Nora. <laughs>